You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Creative Quarantine. I'm your host, Anjali Grochet. Today, we have a special birthday episode all the way from the great state of Brooklyn, New York. I had a chance to sit down with one of my, you know what? I keep saying my favorite people, but honestly, all of our guests are just so incredible. Musician, singer, songwriter, Byron Isaacs. You may know him from his work with the Lumineers, but he is a lifelong musician who has done some incredible work with a number of different artists, performers, and bands, also solo. Uh, So we had an amazing conversation where we talked about how he's still able to work right now, how he's seen other artists collaborate, what he misses about the music scene as we're working hard to self-isolate and social distance. And honestly, um, just an incredible conversation about how he's keeping grounded, what his hopes are for the future, and just, you know, how he's celebrating his birthday as we just found out that New York is actually going to be uh, down to essential employees only until April 29th. We had an amazing conversation and we actually did have an opportunity to talk about Um, how hard it is right now. Um, The things that are, you know, constantly digging in, but also the fact that what's happening right now in New York and around the country is impacting everyone. Uh, How at this point, many of us have lost someone or know someone who has lost someone and how we continue to kind of trudge forward into following CDC guidelines and social distancing and self-isolating. But also, um, we talked about how he's still managing to find joy uh, and to create and to work in this space. And so I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation. Please, please, please enjoy it as much as I did. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Creative Quarantine. I'm your host, Anjali Crochet, and I am here with the birthday boy. Is it? Yep, that way. The birthday boy, Byron (laughs) Isaac. Hi, Byron. How are you, Hi. I'm great. How are you? I am. I am great. I am great to hear that you're having a great birthday. Uh, I am considering because you are All surrounded by family. Yeah, yeah. And I'm naturally kind of a homebody. You know, I I think because I've spent so much of my life on the road, um, I don't take being at home for granted. Like I soak in. I I I just. I like like a hermit crab or something. I dig myself into the sand and just you know I, I can I can go into hibernation mode like that and just stay there. Like, I love it. I, I in this whole time I've only had one kind of like down day where my mood was like flagging, and then it like perked back up. It's like to me I, I don't mind the isolation. It's I'm 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 totally a hermit. It's great. 
Well, speaking of touring, like, so you, you have a very long resume. You've done a lot of things, but folks may recently know you as part of the Lumineers. Uh, and y'all were on tour when all of this kind of started, right? Yeah, we had just, we were just about to complete the first leg of the U.S. tour for this new album that dropped in the fall. And uh, so, we, you know, we, we kind of spent most of last year doing promotional stuff, um, but, uh, but we began the tour really in earnest in January, mid-January. And we, uh, in mid-March, we just, we, we cut the last two days short and flew home early. And now we're just kind of sitting around waiting to see um, when we're going to play again, yeah. you know? Well, that's, it's interesting, too, because I feel like there were a lot of folks in the music industry who took uh, a really big stand. It was like, no, we're not even going to risk gathering people. Just cut it short. We know, yeah. we know innately there's more than 500 people in this crowd. We know um, yeah. that this is the not, not the type of gathering. Like, what goes into that kind of thought process when you're like, hey, this is the pros outweigh the cons, cut it short. Um, or, 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 you know, and how does, and how do you, how do you shift priorities in that space? I think it was all just happening so fast. And uh, it was like, as the information was coming in and, and as we were processing it, like at first, it really didn't seem like it was going to, bear on the our tour at all and then just things just very quickly were changing and then it's like wait a second this could be a problem and then suddenly it was like um oh we, we're reaching down and touching all these people's hands maybe we we should all wash our hands immediately together after we come off the stage and this is all like in just a couple of shows before we cut the thing off it's like we went from like Oh, like, this is great. Like, we're going to finish this leg out. Can't wait to get down to South America. Then we're going to go to Europe. And then, like, to, like, we've better wash our hands, like, as soon as we get off stage to, like, um, we have to cut this short and all fly home now. And um, hopefully we'll still be doing shows, um, you know, shortly and then like we all get home and we're waiting and stuff keeps falling off the calendar and falling off the calendar and disappearing and it's just opening up to conversations like you know well maybe um you know maybe we can do something in november and december it's like okay maybe you know and uh someone in the band was just like why don't we just say that 2020 is just off why don't we just like forget 2020 and it's like oh my gosh this was still this was still you know march we're like yeah. well, this is crazy like it's that fast so um almost too fast for us to process it at the time it was kind of just reacting having to react spontaneously and i think after the fact you think wow should we have canceled shows earlier but it was all happening too quickly to even know whether it was appropriate to cancel yet or not. Like, it's just, I remember we decided to see, like, during the NBA said, we're going to make an announcement next, uh, on Tuesday of, the, like, the next week. What what was that? It was like, um, this is, like, early March. And they were like, um, 
next Tuesday, we're going to make an announcement as to what we're going to do going forward. And we're like, all right, when, um, when the NBA makes their announcement, because we're also playing arenas, um, we're just going to follow whatever they say. And so, you know, that, that was kind of the way we were just like, how do we make decisions? There's so many people, so many hundreds of people whose livelihood is depending on this. Like who makes that call to just cut this short? It's kind of crazy. They have not canceled anything else in 2020. I'm sorry, what? It sounds like they've canceled all of 2020. Oh yeah. My, uh, my wife is, is very helpful. And she was just like, I just made it sound like the Lumineers have canceled 2020. And <laughs> that has not happened. No. We're still planning on trying to do stuff, but what I what I'm just uh, was illustrating was um, we the decision making is still just so yeah you know it's a magnitude right and you really don't know and we're all kind of in this together step by step day by day like there was just yeah. an announcement today in New York which no one would have predicted that New York is going to be um, until April 29th. And so every yeah. single day, things are shifting. And if the city yeah. isn't working, there isn't anything anyone could do. So who knows? Yeah. By August, things could be different. By October, things could be different. And I think that's one of the unique things about this space um, yeah. that we're all in, particularly as creatives, because normally you kind of have that, you, you work backwards, right? Like, you know, this is going to be the date. You work backwards, you start producing, you start getting things together. And this is much more of a fluid existence that we're in. It's day-to-day. Every single day, right? So for you, how has your creative process kind of adjusted um, as you're in this state of flux? Well, I'll say that to a certain extent, having been a freelancer uh, for so many years before before I joined the Lumineers, for the most part, um, you know, I mean... I had toured with some other bands, but I was cobbling together, um, you know, a makeshift uh, career of many, many bands that were just playing here and there and trying to Tetris together a schedule and everything was in flux all the time and changing. And I was constantly realizing I double booked myself and then trying to cover myself and not, you know, burn bridges (laughs) with my friends and, but, but keep, you know, money coming in and, and uh, and stay creatively fresh and all of that. And so in a certain way, it kind of prepared me for, um, I, I think any freelancer is kind of okay with the, with, with uncertainty. Like you have to be, it's a, it's a, it's a rough, it's a rough uh, path to take. You kind of have to be um, drawn to spontaneity anyway. So to a certain extent, it hasn't really messed with my mind that much, but I do see how the not knowing is the hardest part, you know, and I have friends um, who are really, really having a hard time processing uh, the the inability to make plans, you know, and like you're saying, we, uh, you know, generally speaking, you plan out in advance and then everything falls into place, you know, in retrograde. And then you know what to do today because you've got it all planned, you know, out into the future. And it's all kind of topsy-turvy and backward from that. And uh, some people, you know, start to get in, they get so crazy with it. They're just like, I'm just going to like have a dinner party with uh, with friends who have COVID 
just so that I get it. And then I'll just, it'll be over with. And then I'll know. No, it's just like, it's no. like, don't, don't do that. But it reminds me so much of, it, it's a very human thing for the anticipation to be, to be in some ways the most excruciating part, you know, and uh, just the not knowing. It reminds me of, um, there had been this story <laughs> that I heard, um, you know, back in school days uh, about um, a Puritan, a young Puritan woman back in the old, you know, early days of the, of the U.S. in the 1600s sometime. And um, these Calvinists believed that only a certain number of the people were the elites went to heaven and everybody else went to hell. And, and nobody knew whether they were of the elite or not. And, uh, and so, you know, she, this one woman just couldn't take the not knowing and threw her own baby down a well just so that she'd know. Wow. And so, you know, the uncertainty is, is hard. I think that for a lot of people, it's just the hardest part, you know, even um, just not knowing what the rest of their year is going to look like, how, how to plan anything. People who love to plan stuff are completely at a loss. You know, I, uh, do you feel like for you, how are you staying grounded? Like, are, are you still writing? Are you being inspired? Like what has been kind of your process and taking a step back and, and if at all, um, being able to still be that creative, we kind of know you to be. Well, luckily, um, luckily I, I have some friends who are, you know, sending me tracks to rec to record bass on remotely. Uh, and so I've done some of that and, uh, and some guitar and like, you know, um, I've actually been quite busy with some of those projects. Um, yeah, I've been trying to write. Um, I try to do, you know, as much music as I can in a day. The thing is, I really love playing with people. You know, what got me into music, what, what made me really fall in love with playing was uh, was jazz originally, which is, you know, it's the joy of jazz is you're improvising in the moment with other musicians and everything that they do completely. It's your spontaneous reaction to what they do that, that, that uh, causes you to do what you do and vice versa. And it's just this... Um, this incredible um, spontaneous event that's absolutely communal and uh, sitting alone with these little headphones on with my bass, with the little, you know, this, the waveforms going by on a screen without being able to interact and to see like the eyebrow go up if I do something good or the, mm, you know, the, smirk if it's not right it just you know even if if you're in the studio it's like even if it's just you know i'm overdubbing bass but like having the producer or the artist there and like it's like we're all doing it together even if i'm the only one playing and uh, and now i really feel like i'm you know in an outpost on the moon beaming stuff back and uh it's 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 hard that that, that part's hard I, yeah. I don't, I don't love that, that process, but. Yeah, uh, and, and we were talking about earlier, like you have been a musician 
for a very long time. Like you, you, you come from a family of artists. And, and it's amazing that I'm only 29 again. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, <laughs> look. I've been 29 a long, long, long time. Are you trying, you're setting a record and I'm here for you. I support you. I support you a lot. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. I've been playing a long time. Um, so how did you how did you get into because I'm always so curious, particularly with folks who this is this is it this is what they do. Like if anyone's noticed from this conversation, which which I love, there's never been a suggestion that you go do something else. It is always oh. how do I continue doing music because it it is so key and core to who you are. Um, yeah. When did you decide that you were going to be a musician? Um, I was 15 years old. At the time, I was very serious about theater. I was sure I was going to be an actor, and uh, and you know, for a fifteen-year-old, I was I was pretty good, and I was probably pretty arrogant. <laughs> and uh, but I was very very serious. I wanted to do theater, you know, like not not musicals. Um, I wanted to do theater, theater. I liked you know hard, hard stuff that was intense, you know, like my my musical characters. heart is hurting. I know. <laughs> kind of hurts my heart too. Anyway, um, I was at my uh, my sister's. My older sister was already married. She got married very early, uh, very young. And uh, un- under her and her husband's bed, uh, while I was visiting, I just saw this that's long, slim case. You know, and I pulled it out, um, and it was this this big, crazy old. Um, like really beat up looking Fender bass. And it was just the coolest, biggest, funkiest electric thing I'd ever seen, you know, and I picked it up and just started, you know, noodling with it. And I don't know, just something happened. And uh, I was obsessed. And that next birthday, they gave it to me as a gift. Yeah. And I still have it. I still use that bass a lot. And uh, so it was honestly like everything changed on a dime. I, I got that bass. I got very obsessed. And uh, and then the next thing that changed um, was a friend of mine in high school whose dad was a jazz musician, and he is also a jazz musician, by the way, gave me a Charles Mingus record. And it was, uh, it was blues and roots. Um, and... Uh, that record came on and I had never heard anything like that. And just the power and beauty and, and viscera of that album, just like, just, it was like the, the, the heavens opened up and the hands of God came or throttled me by the neck. And it was like, <laughs> you must play this music. And, uh, and so I ended up joining the, um, the jazz band in high school and uh you know got my hands on an upright bass and it was just like oh my god this is it and i still i still like finished out and like did the senior musical uh in high school and actually that friend uh whose name is matt matt pavolka uh who's also a, a bass player here in, in new york city now um matt pavolka and i uh, were the two male leads in that musical. <laughs> May I ask and what musical it was? Very funny. Guys and Dolls. 
Yeah, I was Sky Masterson, and he, Matt was Nathan Detroit. <laughs> All I wanted pictures. Of... Oh my god, it was very funny. Oh, but you you left musical theater, and you yeah, that was it, and uh, and it was like music from then on. It was a complete left turn. Boom, just like and I, you know. And it was, and it was like too, because it was sort of an active, uh, an acting family that I came from. So there's like sort of pressure from above, like my siblings and my mom especially, and all this. And like music was my own thing. It was like, you know, I was free, and uh, it, so it, it felt like, um, like this. I don't know. It was, it was kind of an explosion of creativity that just all of a sudden was there, and um, and yeah, I, I, and. From then on, it's that's been Plan A. I never had a Plan B. Like, I uh, I can't even think of what I, I I'm not qualified to do anything else. <laughs> I find that hard uh, to believe, but I will take it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's very interesting because folks aren't because there's another conversation we haven't had yet. Um, so I grew up around jazz. I, Charles Mingus, like my, that was my miles. That was my Coltrane. Oh, that was my JJ. Yeah. And like, I am a huge jazz fan. Um, yeah. and for me, you know, New York has such this amazing jazz. I mean, on a good day, it's got a great jazz scene. Like we've all been to oh, yeah. the 2am smalls improv, right? Like there. That's why I moved here originally was just to play jazz. I, I was just a jazz player when I moved to New York. That well, was it. And, and I think it's interesting because we had this, con we were having this conversation a little bit before we went live is, and you made me think about it. Um, is this like, what does it look like in this new reality? When you're talking about, we both are very accustomed to these small, close, jazz joints like when i would say small if you've never been to smalls if you've never been to mesro if you've never like it's 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 not birdland it's really really tiny um yeah. but that's where so much creativity and so much inspiration um come from because you you're there on a jam session two o'clock in the morning the snl musicians show up the musicians oh, from yeah. the other jazz joints show up like everybody is just there and it's so amazing you know, have you seen anyone try to replicate this digitally or someone try to like kind of bring this together? Or are we just not there yet? Can we do that? I don't know. I'm seeing people doing cool collaborations um, via like the acapella app and stuff like this. Um, like Charlie Hunter has posted a few things where he'll just put a thing of himself and he'll say what the what the the BPM is. It's like okay, here's 140 BPM, and he just starts like playing this riff, and then pretty soon it'll start popping up with like now a drummer's like laid down a, a groove, and then now another guitar player is like doing something on top of it, and like and you know people keep adding stuff. But as far as um, the joy of improvising together at the same time, just as far as just the playing, not not even regarding the audience. I think that's that's the hard part right now. Like figuring out how to actually play together and not just layer it on. I think the platform for getting getting music to people is a lot more evolved than than the platform for actually collaborating 
in real time, you know? So I think, and, and all of us sitting here alone in our places are um, longing for that. Like, you know, and there's some technology available, but so like the stuff that really works, that's it's, there's still a lag and it's, it can be expensive, you know, like this, the, the better stuff that like only goes from satellite, you know, yeah. to to try to minimize lag and it's still not perfect and it's uh difficult to to set up i i don't know it's that's the thing that we're really missing and it's it's like if you if you're if you're if your whole career thrives on um or depends upon group improvisation uh like you're kind of in trouble you know and I don't know. I, 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 I'm curious to see if we get some technological leaps to help us with that. Yeah. And I think the question is, you know, I think part of me is like, I want it. And part of me is like, I don't, I, I want, can you ever replicate that in, in the space in which, you know, some of the greatest pieces you've ever listened to is because of a jam session. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, in the midst of all that, uh, what if, what do you hope? Like, do you do you hope we figure it out? Do you do you hope that we get back into a Smalls or a Mesro or, you know, snug harbor down in New Orleans? Like, what what are your thoughts? Well, I always try to steer my mind away from um, from hoping for the past, you know. Um, and, and instead look at just where where is the uh, the artistic um, spark coming from and just figure out how that's going to get out because flowers are going to ca- crack through the concrete somewhere you know they're going to make it out and so you know jazz musicians especially right now but all of us all all musicians have uh, have a big old slab of concrete on us right now, but it's gonna get out. And I don't exactly know how it's gonna look. I don't know when people are gonna feel okay about crowding together in a little tight space with a bunch of strangers, you know, like sharing the same air and getting hot and sweaty together. And like, you know, when are people gonna feel okay about that? I don't know. And um, our clubs, going to have to change or like, I don't know how it's going to look, but I know that the, that the, that the creative impetus is going to make it pop out somewhere. And um, I think if I had uh, a better imagination, (laughs) I might be able to like, you know, call it now, but I I have no idea what it's going to look like. I, I would love to see those same scenes back again and flourishing in the same way. But um, I guess we just have to see how people feel about clubs, about theaters, about arenas, about stadiums. I mean, on every level, like from the, you know, even house concerts don't feel safe. And uh, so, you know, we're just gonna have to keep our minds open be ready to pounce. 
<laughs> and, and I love it, right? Because even even that the message in that is that it will happen, right? It is coming. There's yeah. going there. We as human beings, right? Like this concept of music, this concept of it being the soundtrack of our lives. Like even now, people are writing about this very moment, and yeah. that music music has always and will always be a part of the human connection. Yeah. Um, before I forget human connection, guys, if you want to ask any questions, I know we're having like this amazing conversation right now. Uh, <laughs> you can just type in the comments uh, or you can type in the live chat on YouTube or in the live chat on Twitch. We are on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. So all of you don't, you know, you can do all of those things. Um, we do have one question from Stormageddon. I think I kind of asked it, but I want to ask it again. Um, have you found any songwriting inspiration as a result of everything going on right now? A lot of inspiration, um, but almost a little too overwhelmed so far to, uh, to really start to put it into words. Um, and, uh, there are a lot of people right now writing really great stuff about this and, um, and so, you know, I think um, sometimes when you when you find yourself in the middle of like something happening like this, you haven't. Uh, there's a natural instinct against redundancy, <laughs> and so I think there's a part of me that's resisting finding the words until I know that I have um, that I've found a a unique perspective. Um, I don't want to just pump redundant art into the world. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there'll be, I'm feeling very inspired and, you know, some, something will come out soon. You know? and, and what does that process look like for you? Like, I'm always curious about, you know, some people wake up at 3am in the morning and they just start writing on a sheet of paper and then they come back to it later and they're like, Oh, that's what I meant to say. And then some people really right. just like sit down and they create the space for it. What does the process uh, for songwriting look like for you? You know, honestly, I have to say every song has had its own process. I've never had like a strict way that any two songs have come together. I, I have woken up with a full song in my head from a dream. It's only happened twice, I think. But And they were, you know... They were good. <laughs> um, I wish that happened all the time. That's almost never happened, but it did happen twice. Um, there are other times that I've literally kept coming back to work on a song over the course of years. And it just like, I know it's it's just so close to being so great, but it's just kind of like, why is it not working? Why is this, this doesn't feel right? And like, keep putting it down and keep coming back to it. In the meantime, like a dozen songs will just like, you know, come out and, 20 minutes a day, you know, um, a week, you know, all, and, and I'd say right now I have, um, I have probably at least 15 un, like songs in various stages of, um, completion sitting around that are like, you know, percolating and, uh, most of the percolation is subconscious, you know, um, but it's like every one of them has its own story. Some are lyrics first. Some are, most are music first. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, 
it's always a joy when I get uh, words first, because for me, words are the hardest. Um, like I'll, I'll write instrumental music all day. Like that's, that's no problem. But, uh, but really, really finding good words. Um, you can really wreck a good piece of music with lousy words. We've all, we've all been there. We've all yeah. seen it. Um, yeah. which is also interesting, right? So like kind of as we, we got it, you know, those, we're going to be winding down. So if you have a question, make sure you ask it now, uh, just as a reminder to everybody. Are we already um, winding down? Already like send people happy birthday messages. It's his birthday. I want this all in the comments. Um, <laughs> um, you know, for those out there who may be musicians or songwriters or poets or just plain writers, like, do you have any advice? Because it sounds like you give yourself a lot of permission to just let it happen. Um, but do you have any advice right now? Because honestly, we are in extraordinary times. <laughs> and folk, folks think they're going to write the next great American novel. And I, that's a lot of pressure. Well, and the truth is that some people will write that great American novel from this. Many, uh, we might get a lot of incredible, incredible art out of this. Um, you know, hard times are the font of so much great art. Mm. I mean, in a lot of ways, that's when we really turn to the arts, right? I mean, it's, it's not just the, um, the inspiration, but it's also the salve. It's the balm, you know? Like it's, uh, it's, it springs forth from us in the hard times. And then it, 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 uh, it, it holds us and embraces us in those same hard times. It's, uh, and we're all, you know, it, um, all of us who are blessed to be in the creation of it, um, have this sort of, um, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's it's just a, it, it's a beautiful um ongoing world hive mind conversation and uh it's and i think in a very energetic way it's all the movement of love um yeah i love it uh we have a question from jim keller what are the songs he wished he had written? I feel like you know this human being. I, I, I know Jim. And, and uh, <laughs> do, do you want me to say, Jim, uh, uh, most of your catalog? Is that the answer you're looking for? <laughs> uh, Jim, oh, Keller, Jim Keller, for those who, who are watching who don't know, um, his most well-known song is uh, Jenny, 8675309. Um, just a little ditty. Just, yeah, just, just a, a little, little ditty. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. Oh, Jim, you know the answer to that. There's so many songs I wish I'd written. And yeah, a handful of them are yours. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, true friendship. Oh, <laughs> true friendship. Uh Ah, oh, but you know, I, I think that's always so interesting, right? Because I, I, free, people forget how interconnected the music world really is at the end of the day, um, and how folks do know each other and work with each other. And you know, after all this is over, man, do you have like 
dreams, goals, aspiration. What's the first thing you want to do when this is in, in, and by over, I mean, what's the first thing you want to do once we've gotten past the worst? Like, I also do want to acknowledge like right now is a very hard time for a lot of people around the world. New York is going through a lot right now. And that in the midst of this conversation and trying to find these small spurts of hope that I hope keep people in their homes um, yeah. and keep people thinking about how they ground themselves in the necessity of social distancing and self-isolation and, and really thinking out of the box. Um, yeah. But also having kind of a light, like what is the first thing you want to do when if we do what we're supposed to do, we're able to, to push the spread back. I mean, for me, it's just to get right in a room with other musicians and just make music together. That's, that's it. I, I long, I long to just be eyeball to eyeball, you know, just breathing in each other's breath, <laughs> like making music together. Like, uh, that's, that's, I just, um, like, like my skin is itching for it. Like every fiber of my being is longing for it. Yeah. That's what I missed. Yeah. All right. So on a happy note, it is your birthday. What did, yeah. what are you what are you keeping? What is in your mind right now that's keeping you upbeat on this your 29th again birthday uh, <laughs> today? <laughs> um let's see, what's you know, there's Part of what I do every day is I do try to focus on everything that's actually really great because, you know, we're getting slammed in the news with a lot of very bad news. And, um, and I know people who have passed and I know people, lots of people who had, who knew people and loved people who have passed and just the, the numbers uh, of people just very sick is so staggering. Um, and it's, it's like to be, <laughs> I don't know, this is going to sound weird. I actually, I think about, I think about dying. Hmm. I meditate on it. It's a Buddhist meditation that I discovered. And this is what I do. And I actually like, and to be honest, I think, it's made me happier. Hmm. It's, I know it's very strange, you know, and I don't think people want to hear that, but uh, here's a funny thing. My wife had this, um, uh, she, she, she had read a, uh, an article that said that people who think about death at least five times a day are happier. And so she found an app called, I think it's called croak. And like five times a day, it just sends you uh, a message about how you're going to die. <laughs> I think she dealt with that, like, I don't know, for two days maybe before, you know, she, she wiped it. Um, but, uh, but there is a lot of uh, evidence that people who really cozy up to the idea of, of death um, actually are happier in general and, and, uh, and enjoy their time on earth a, a little bit more, maybe not a whole lot more, a little bit more. And, uh, and so actually every day I meditate on dying and, uh, and that's true. That's, that's probably the most 
the most um, substantive answer I can give you there. Well, but it is an answer, right? Because I think yeah. that, you know, everyone's got to have that thing that gets them to that place. And no yeah. two people sing is identical. And right. I think that part of it also is a part of the process and figuring out how to ground yourself. How do you adjust to this process? Because you, I mean, you've got kids, like you've got a whole nother layer yeah. of life with homeschool, doing this kind of work. And it takes a lot of that adjustment and holding on to those things. So I don't know if it's weird. It's just you. <laughs> well, maybe the two aren't mutually exclusive. <laughs> Oh my God. Byron, thank you so much for being for folks who want to follow you. Cause I know you're on the grams, you're on Twitter, you've got an awesome website uh, with oh, your you. whole, um, it's very nice. It's very engaging. Uh, can you let the folks who are tuning in right now find out how to follow you and where they can find out more about what you'll be doing while this is happening and after this is slowed down? Yeah. So, um, so yes, as you said, uh, I'm the Byron Isaacs on Twitter or not Twitter, um, Instagram, to be honest, like Twitter, I'm, I do so rarely. Um, I'm not that, I'm not that good on Twitter or very active, but I do have an account. Um, but, uh, the Byron Isaacs on uh, Instagram, uh, just plain old Byron Isaacs. Um, I have a friend page and a musician page on Facebook. And then yeah, byronisaacs.com. And um, I don't know what else. What else is there? I mean, you can always search them on on Spotify. It's very That's easy true. to find uh, all your cool work uh, and all the stuff that you've done. Uh, for those who are watching, uh, tune in tomorrow, uh, Tuesdays at two. Uh, we will actually be talking to Vita Ayala. They are a comic book writer. Um, and they are a writer in general, and we're talking about the writing nice. process again, just in a different way, shape, and form, uh, more short story. Um, but I want to just say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Byron, for taking the time out on your birthday, and uh, also just like for this amazing conversation. Like I, this was incredible. This is really fun. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. If I can get to the end broadcast, there we go. Creative Quarantine is hosted by Angelique Rocher. It's produced by Angelique Rocher, Sarah Storm, and Matt Storm. Our logo is designed by Aaron Leffler. New streaming episodes are available Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern and Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on AngeliqueRocher.com forward slash creative quarantine. Podcasts are made available the morning after each live streamed episode wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and visit us on Instagram at creative.quarantine and Twitter at creativequeteen. Please send this to a friend who needs a little artistic company and stay at home if you possibly can. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.